Hey everyone, Mark and Steve here. Before we get started today, we want to let you know about Dare to Connect, our new online interactive video platform. For less than the cost of a therapy session, you and your spouse get live access to both of us three times a week. Each 30-minute live group support session provides interactive mentoring and healing for addicts, spouses, and couples. If you're loving our podcast and our unique style of bringing you recovery, you're going to love Dare to Connect. To learn more, go to daretoconnectnow.com. We're looking forward to seeing and working with you. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the PBSC podcast. It's Steve and Mark coming at you here. Happy to be with you guys this morning. Uh, hope you are doing well in your week as you uh, go about the week, get ready for uh, some summer. I know Mark and I are excited for that. It's finally warming up almost a little too fast where we are. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but nevertheless, still looking forward to it. Uh, so we hope this finds you well wherever you are in the world. We uh, just found out we're in over 150 countries now, which is quite interesting to think about you know people in every time zone pretty much at this point it's it's incredible well we've got a good topic this morning Uh, i'm going to go ahead and read this that's it was a post that came in from a a current listener and actually a former client of mine in my clinic Uh, so we're going to but it brings up an excellent topic one that we address all the time in our clinics one that we haven't tackled for a while at least in the way we're going to do it today on this podcast so we'll kind of jump right in here we go um hello mark and steve I want to say thank you so much for your weekly podcast. I am a former client of Steve's and I still listen to the podcast weekly. I am so grateful to you both for your conversations. I listed, I listened to your most recent episode, number 123, uh, which was last week's episode, by the way, for those who didn't listen to it yet. It's titled, It's Not an Addiction If I'm Only Using Porn Substitutes, right? <laughs> so that was last week. And at the end of it, you mentioned uh, the topic of masturbation. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it as it relates to porn addiction or attachment and the dynamic that all this involves. My partner believes that masturbation is natural and something all men do on a regular basis, that there is nothing unhealthy or damaging about it. I believe there can be a balance in all things, except when there is porn, addiction, or a serious attachment to porn involved. My partner has admitted that it is very hard for him not to watch watch and or masturbate, but he only needs help in blocking apps, et cetera. For those who, uh, I, I know this, this person, so she's saying is, uh, he only needs help in like establishing blocks on apps on the internet on his phone that kind of thing that will that will fix it for him. I'd love your thoughts on this. Thank you so much. Great topic. I'm excited. Yeah, that is a great topic. And wow, 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 a controversial one. Yeah. Yep. Of all the topics that we address in our clinics, this is probably the one that uh, brings up more debate, more uh, pretty intense feelings. Mm-hmm. From both sides, for for the addict in recovery and and the spouse, you know, healing from betrayal, and it's a very huge controversial topic in the world today. Yeah. And so 
as we start out on this topic, we want to make we want to we want to make sure that everybody listening understands where we're coming from. We are not going to address this issue of masturbation from a moral aspect, in religious terms. We are going to make this very, very clinical. We're going to make it very practical about our own experience with this particular um, topic in our personal lives and with our clients over, you know, twenty plus years. So we're going. This is we're going to do this in a very uh, directly related to recovery and healing in a professional way. And whatever moral or religious or other aspects you have with regard to this, you know, we respect those, uh, but that's not our angle today. So just to be clear, we're not going to shame everyone into changing. No, we're not going to shame people into change. Aww. That's what we that's what you and I grew up with. It worked really well for us. I don't know. Oh yeah. I don't know why we wouldn't do it today. Sarc- sarcasm at it. Oh my gosh. Oh, so let's let's jump into this. So I'll I'll tell you one of the things, one of the ways that I I talk to uh, my clients about this topic because it comes up all the time. The first thing I ask them is let's talk about how what role does masturbation play in your life? How are you using it? What is its purpose for you? And the reason I come at it that way initially with, with my clients is, so I, I've done a lot of work, not only in the sexual addiction realm, uh, Steve, as you have, we also both come from the substance abuse arena. Yeah, we've, we've helped a lot of people with alcohol and drug issues as well. And one of the things that we, that we want to help people to figure out is, does this particular activity act as a crutch for me? Is yeah. it a way for me to be able to cope, to escape, to avoid, you know, hard things in life? And with most of virtually every guy I work with who struggles with masturbation, that masturbation has in some way become a coping mechanism, a crutch yeah. that he uses to cope or she uses to cope with life. And when they say, you know what, Mark, no, everyone does it. It's totally normal. It's natural. What I hear in that coming from that person who struggles with addiction is, hey, you know what? I've had a struggle with alcohol in the past, but I can be a social drinker. Mm -hmm. Normal. It's natural. You know, a glass of wine, being with friends, Mark, what's the big deal, right? Stop trying to be so rigid on this. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, it's a, it's a great way to put it too, because just like with with you know alcohol, for example, I I would never, and I don't think Mark would either. Neither one of us would sit here and try to say every single person who drinks alcohol is automatically one hundred percent on the full acute side of the addiction spectrum, right? And it's going to completely ruin and destroy their life in every facet and aspect. Nope, you know, and and we wouldn't say that with the masturbation issue either. Correct. Right. And when we look at this issue, right, it just like any other coping mechanism, it could you could you make an setting aside the religious or moral arguments? Could you make the argument that for some people they have the capacity to engage with masturbation on a non-addictive level? Probably. Um, Mark and I don't work with any of those people. <laughs> and no, that definitely wasn't those, the case for us. Our clients. Right. Because just like with, you know, the, what makes a person an addict to something, be it a substance or a behavior, is a complex kind of set of variables. I mean, Mark and I talk about our story oftentimes on here, both of us emotionally. We were, you know, in our book, The Pornography Paradox, I think Mark wrote the chapter chapter entitled The Grand Setup, right? Yes. And we we both talk about our stories in there, how 
for us, because of where we were at emotionally in our lives, when we discovered masturbation for the first time about the same age, ironically, um, it was like a one and done for us. We were just off to the races. I mean, oh, I, Mark, yeah. Mark and oh, I were yeah. just talking about this before the, before we the, filmed this. Be all end all. It's like, I've discovered the elixir of life. This is the thing that I will now use for the rest of my life to cope, to find pleasure, to connect with myself. Right. This, when yeah. everything, anything gets tough or difficult <clears throat> or in any way hard, I know where I will go. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's the problem with addiction, right? Is because Mark and I, we, you know, to borrow a quote from 12 step, uh, from 12 step halls, you know, we learned really on early on how not to quote, live life on life's terms. Right. Every time we came up against problems or challenges, we used a few selective tools, masturbation being a big one of those just simply just numb out, medicate it out or drive it away and avoid it. Right. We didn't have to deal with stuff. We weren't learning how to cope with life because every time we needed to, we would just turn to our drug. And so emotionally we kind of fell under that Peter Pan syndrome. We sometimes talk about on here, right. Where we're, everybody else is kind of moving along, growing and developing in different ways, emotionally and learning how to deal with stress and deal with rejection and deal with all the things that people learn. Well, Mark and I, again, it was the age of 13 for, I think both of us, Yep. you know, we're growing up and we're just learning how to get better and better and tuning that stuff out when stuff gets too hard and too difficult, yeah. which, you know, handicapped us in probably virtually every facet of life, you know, uh, for years and years. Well, and we, and so I, the thing I also talk a lot about when we get into this topic is, is what I call the biology of connection. What I tell my clients, is I say, look, you need to understand that sexual climax is the most powerful biological reward that the human body can experience. Yeah. Notice I said biological. I didn't say spiritual or relational, but, by, but, by, but pure biology. There's no greater reward than climax. And I said, so you have to be very, very careful about what you climax to. What are you doing when you experience that massive reward? Whatever it is, is going to be welded inside of you, the activity yeah. to the reward. And they're going to be linked in a powerful way that a lot of people I work with come to me because they can't break that weld that they've built mm, repetition yeah. over years. They're like, what is, why is this so, why can't I just say no? Why can't I overcome this? It's because you've attached certain activities and patterns to the most massive reward system that you're capable of. You've yeah. welded them together. Absolutely. Right. And for example, take, take like healthy conflict, for example, right? Healthy conflict resolution. I have yet to meet an addict who, who is a healthy conflict resolver. <laughs> right. For, other, for among many reasons, what we're talking about right now. Whereas the, for, for example, a quote unquote normie, right? Somebody who has not ever been pulled into sexually compulsive behavior, they experience a certain reward at the end of resolving a fight or an issue, right? There's that, there's that sense of peace and like resolution and understanding. We addicts, what do we, what do we develop out? Exactly what Mark's talking about, right? There's just this numbing out of the biological mimic, mimic men of connection. Right. We just tune it out or code it over or fill that gap with something that's temporary, fleeting, not real. And that's kind of that never ending, you know, crutch and biology that we're stuck in and kind of attached to that. The other important piece, this is something that I I learned really uh, the hard way, honestly, in, in the recovery process for me personally, 
but that I've seen over and over and over again with clients. You know, when we attach to something, right? The more we attach to, if we were to break down attachment into kind of its most fundamental basics, right? The more I attach with the real, by nature, the less I will attach to the unreal mm-hmm. and vice versa. And vice versa, right. So the more that I'm gravitating or the more that I'm interacting, engaging with, manipulating, and I don't mean manipulating in a nefarious way, I mean just working with, right? The more my sphere orbits something, be it a person, be it a behavior, be it a, a, a particular pursuit, the more my passion, the more my gravitation, the more my attachment grows for that thing, person, or concept. And if we look at this from the real versus the unreal piece, as an addict, I can tell you hands down that the more I would attach with the unreal, the less capable, one, the less capable, but two, and we should break these both down, the less I wanted to attach to the real. So I was losing my capacity to do that, but two, really just losing the desire. Well, and that's what happened for me. Why would I engage in all the hard work of trying to deal with another person, right? Coming at someone from a different personality, a different gender, a different set of baggage. Why would I go through the hard work of learning collaborative conflict? Why would I go to the hard work of learning how to sacrifice, how to Mm -hmm. set my ego aside, how to deal with my difficult emotions when all I have to do is just escape and avoid all of that and just go and just go do the solo act of masturbation. Just wave my sexual wand and make it all go. away. Yeah. Make it all go away. And here's the great challenge, everybody listening with masturbation. Yeah. Remember, I just talked about the reward system that it brings into play. That reward system by biology, by evolution, right? The thing that has kept us going as a species, that reward system of of sexual climax is designed to bind and weld us to another human being. Mm -hmm. It's it's a reward system designed to to bring us to make a, a lifelong commitment to another human being. That's why it's so powerful. That's why that reward is so immense is because it was intended to be what moves me through the hard, what, what, what leads me to make the sacrifice to get close to another person and truly connect with them. So if I take that, right, something that's designed to do all of that, and now I use it solo, what's going to happen? Well, and I, I really do connect. I literally begin to connect with the unreal, Right. And there's that progressive pattern that develops because the less we, the less we connect with the, with the real and the more we connect with the unreal, the more uncomfortable connecting with the real when it's required or when, when we're in situations where we ought to, it becomes, right? And there's this progressive distancing uh, from those elements in life that are, again, reality. And, and, and here's the problem, right? For those who get caught into a compulsive pattern with be it masturbation, be it porn, be it any other sexual sort of right dysfunctional sexual practice, uh, when it when it's hit hit a compulsive you know kind of critical mass, is that you know the more I again the more I gravitate and engage with or connect with these things, the less I am not only able to manage or deal with life on life's terms, but the less my capacity is present to be able to establish healthy, meaningful connections and relationships with with anything, not just people. Right, but just with with life, 
I mean, speaking to that addict side, I mean, Mark and I had many discussions about this. We weren't just disattached from real relationships. We were really disattached from reality. Disattached. I don't know why I'm saying that. Detached, detached. is the word. Yeah. Disattached. Detached from reality. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we really, we like on any level, right? It wasn't just people. It was just living life and actually being present for it. Well, and here's the other challenge with this. And this is what a lot of people uh, have trouble facing up to what I say, when I say, look, the masturbation is a, is a, is a, is a solo event. It's self-sex. And when you engage in self-sex, what you have to understand is it's a very narrow application of this whole biological process. And it is what I call insatiable. Yep. It knows no bounds. It will never be enough. Nope. Your brain in your brain will actually begin to adapt to whatever, fantasy or whatever you're engaging in with self-sex and reaching climax, your brain will adapt to it, normalize it. It will become boring and dull over time. And the brain will try to go to the next level, try to push Mm -hmm. the envelope. Then it adapts and pushes the envelope and adapts and pushes the envelope. So it's this, you're, you're constantly chasing, right? The next high. The reason that that is so much more of a challenge solo as it is in a relationship is because the relationship brings a whole diversity of aspects to that sexual experience that aren't possible by yourself, right? The whole diversity of being involved with another person, their personality, all of the, the endless adventures you can have together as a part of life, all the ways you sacrifice, how you become closer, how your love deepens and develops, right? We could go on and on. We could do a whole podcast on the benefits of relationships, you know, close lifelong committed relationships. When you bring all of that into the process that we're talking about with climax and this reward system, it isn't insatiable. It isn't constantly adapting and becoming bore and become boring because there's so much to being involved with that other person that if you're doing it in a healthy way, it's not, you're not going to come to brick walls where you can't go any farther. Yeah. A solo act, you're always going to find yourself needing to push the envelope. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to connecting with the real, right, there is a, there's a connecting to element, right? Keep in mind that connecting to piece. But when I'm engaging in compulsive behavior, this is kind of a litmus test that I'm just developing in my brain here as we're talking. Uh, a, A compulsive behavior is all about the consumption of right? As opposed to the connecting to, there's the consumption of. It's just a yeah. moving through, experiencing, and then moving on to the next thing. It's this, it's this idea, right? That the brain's adaptability, which is a whole other podcast, um, that, you know, that, off, that is a huge mechanism of pulling people into ever-increasing patterns of addiction when they, unless it's addressed. Um, really, what that boils down to is that it will never be enough, right? In a well, compulsive... My- yeah, no, go ahead. Steve. Yeah, and in a compulsive consumption oriented way, right? There will there will there will never be there will never be that end all be all that I'm going to reach, right? Where I'm going to find true satisfaction, true, you know, true satiation. It's always about the next thing, the thing that's more acute, more exciting, more out there, more attractive physically, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's it, it it encourages the opposite mentality of of connection, 
which is be present with with what is as opposed to the constant trying to satiate with with what never is yeah my uh, my mentor many years ago when i i challenged him on this topic <laughs> as my clients do me now and he used a really uh, an example that always stuck with me he said mark you need to understand when we engage in you know this act of of self sex this solo event he said it's like it's like living your life based on conclusion theater he said, conclusion theater means this. He said, imagine if every time you went to a movie, all they showed you were the exciting parts and then the climax at the end. You didn't get any of the buildup, any of the character development, nothing. Just the climactic part. That's all you ever got to see at movies. Imagine if every time you went to a sporting event, all you got to see was the winning basket or the winning touchdown or, or the winning goal. You didn't see any of the, any of the development or, or how it progressed you just engage in the conclusion. He said, what would happen to you if that's all that you did? He said, what you would end up chasing is a more exciting conclusion, a more, right? A more exciting, dramatic finish. Yeah. Without any of the rest of what was supposed to be a part of that holistic experience. He said, that's what you're missing when you fly solo with regard to sexual climax. What's well, the depth, right? And we could talk about this obviously all day, right? Relationships gain depth, not through just happiness, right? They they gain growth through a kind of a balanced diet of experiences, so to speak. Yeah. Right? Ups, I mean, I don't the know. Downs, the, right? Yeah, the highs, the lows, the whole, I, all of the whole it. bit. And yeah. that's, yeah, when you're connecting with the fantasy world, that's one of those reasons why you will always be less left dissatisfied, I think, with, with uh, reality. Right, it's because in that fantasy world, I don't have to worry about emotional baggage. I don't have to worry about all the little things. I don't have to worry about my wife nagging me because I peed on the toilet seat for the twelfth time. Yeah, I don't, I don't have, have to take to out the trash or do the dishes or, you know, go to work and deal with all the crap that comes. I don't have to deal with any of that. I just, I've just got a fantasy partner or partners who will just unquestionably do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, and right, there's no actual. <laughs> And then real life will never compete with that. Ever. No, no. And a, and a poor spouse can never compete with us engaging in a solo act of masturbation and fantasy. Correct. She, she will never compete with that because it's an endless diversity of, you know, endless characters and endless, endless things I conjure up in my brain. And she's just one person. Yeah. I remember years ago, I'm not going to say the name, but years ago, there was a, there was a gal in Hollywood who was declared to have, right. The, the most awesome body in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the actors that had been in movies with her declared her to be to have the best body in Hollywood, period. And here comes, here comes the irony of that. Her husband had been caught actually being with multiple, multiple prostitutes and affairs and all this other stuff that he was pursuing. And yet he was married to the woman who had, quote, the best body in Hollywood. Mm. Yes. Why wasn't that enough? If it's all about, right, who's got the best body, why wasn't that enough? Yeah. And the reason is because he was engaging in a solo act. Mm, Yep. All about me. It's all about my climax, my pursuit, my fantasy, my whatever, instead of we. He was in the me space. We're talking about the we space. Masturbation is the me space. True connection is the we space. Yep. I versus us. Yeah. 
Gosh, I've got like 50 more thoughts on this. We can make this so like a, could say. <laughs> we can make this like an hour long podcast. No problem. Cause I've got, I do, I have so many more other thoughts that come to mind, but you know, I think that, I think this is at least a pretty good start it's definitely a topic that we would love to cover more. And gosh, if there was only a way, there's only a program out there where, I could join, <laughs> where you could get into more depth where, where we could go more in depth and ask questions on the fly for Mark and Steve about topics like this, where we could engage with them in real time and, you, you know, know what? Ask things and do it there, as a couple. I know about a program. I know about. Do you, do you know about? Do you know about I something? I do. Like that, Mark? I've heard of it. But what is it? I, it's I would called. Like to know. I think it's called Dare to Connect Now. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Dare to Connect. Uh, we would love to have you guys come and join us. We tackle topics just like this on an interactive level, where you can ask questions, get answers. Uh, we're adding some new features to the program pretty quick to make it even more interactive. We have guests on the show. We do all sorts of sorts of great things. We do that three times a week, once, once for addicts, once for spouses, once for couples. And But everyone's allowed to attend all three sessions. Uh, we'd love to have you come join us. There's a two-week trial. You can check out on that if you visit uh, daretoconnectnow.com. We'd love to have you come come join us for such an, such an experience. Yeah, we would. Well, let's close up on our topic today. You know, the other thing that comes to my mind as we as we end here is those of you who are in relationships, you have to realize you have entered into a contract, a partnership, mm-hmm. an agreement. Yes. You're not by yourself. And if you have a spouse or a partner that is not okay with you having solo sex, then you need to step back and ask yourself, what's more important to me? Yeah. Pursuing sure. this or honoring this partnership and contract and relationship, right? It's yeah. not just about you if you're in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I know we're over time, but that was one of the final thoughts I was having as well. I, what's been coming up in my mind, and this is just a real generalization granted, because Mark and I talk about this a lot in other avenues like Dare to Connect, but, you know, in, in a way you could look at this almost like a difference between viewpoints or paradigms and almost cultural shifts that we see. Generally speaking, when we talk about Western culture, what we say, and again, in a very general way is it's more about consumption, right? We're always looking for the newest model of car the next technology in the TV, the next whatever, right? There's this pursuit of the new. And when you talk about traditional Eastern culture, it's interesting because there's a complete paradigm shift, right? And you see this in all sorts of examples, be it Kintsugi art, which is something that Mark and I are really fans of, or other areas as well. It's basically based on the, on the exact opposite premise, right? That things, that things that have been around for a long time Things that gain a depth through experience and through experiencing hard things and even taking damage in some ways are things to be honored, to be revered, to be cherished, right? Things to be pursued. And actually it's on a beauty that isn't possible. Yes, exactly. They gain a depth of value that isn't possible with a new novel, shiny thing. And so we, and, and again, that's just a kind of a cultural engagement, but it's a really interesting way to kind of look at these two worlds between one is this connection with the fantasy. The on the surface, it's the airbrush, new, shiny, whatever. And as a spouse, I I happen to know the person who, as they indicate, they're a former client of mine. And if and I and I do know their partner. And for that partner, and for anyone else listening, I think that's the main thing that I would put to put to anyone who's in this position of finding themselves gravitating more towards something like masturbation as opposed to a partner. You have a willing, loving partner in the next room who wants to connect with you 
And regardless of, we could sit here all day long and we could talk about the mechanics of this and the psychology and all of those things. But I think what it comes down to is this. If you have a real willing partner in the next room who wants to connect with you emotionally, physically, and otherwise, why would you turn that down in favor of the virtual? That's something to think about. Yeah. You know, what is, what is pulling you towards that? Because that, that, what among what, you know, as you explore that, I think that's where you're going to start to really maybe be able to see where some of the, the deficits in thinking may be present because I, you're talking, we speak as two guys who have pursued fantasy to every end of the earth. And as we say on here, what Mark and I learned after literally making that into a borderline full-time job is that there's just nothing at the bottom of that barrel that com- compares no. with real connection. There's just not. Nope. Why would I keep engaging in the me when I could be enjoying the we? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we invite you to think about. Okay. All right, everybody. Thanks for being with us. Yes. uh, We'll see you next time on PBSE. Yep. Have a great week, everyone. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.